Welcome to the Caregiven Podcast. I'm Inga. And I'm Julie. And long story short, we have Caregiven. We are two mom entrepreneurs who have built an in-home care business from the ground up, guided every step of the way by God's care and fueled by agape love. Almost 14 years later, we felt called to create this podcast as a resource for families with caregiving needs. Whether you care for a family member or are looking for advice on professional caregiving, we want this to be a platform to support you. Each week, we will come to you with encouraging stories of families who have found the right balance for their loved ones, tips for how to care for them and you, and much more. We hope you continue to join us each week as we share in this exciting new journey together. Hello, sunshines, and hello, Julie. How are you doing? Good, Ingaloo. How are you? I am fan-flippantastic. Good. Is that is that okay to say on the podcast? It is. It's our podcast. This is true. Yeah, I'm great. It's Friday. It's not going to be Friday when you listen to this. <laughs> but it's Friday for me. Whoop, whoop. We're having lots of babies. Oh, wow. The barn is full. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think we're maybe halfway there. Oh, my gosh. Maybe not. I don't know. It's been great. Lots and lots of twins. And we've got a lot of um, pretty close on, you know, using versus rams. So God has blessed our barn this year. Oh, fun. And that is all because of our shepherds, Bailey and Kevin, I think. Nice. They do a good job. Awesome. Anyway, um, so what's new with you? Jeez, huh. put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> You've been practicing this for this your whole life. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Things are great. Things are good. <laughs> That's are good. Yeah. The biggest uh, thing that shake up in our house is that Callie's actually transferring colleges. <gasps> so here in the next couple of weeks, I'm actually taking her to her new college. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And That'll it's be quite the road trip because we're going across the Americas. Wow. Yeah. And in her vehicle. So <laughs> I'm praying it. Heaven help you. Holds together. <laughs> It'll be fine. The Lord it's will watch out for you. It'll be, be good. Fine. Yes, indeed. That's exciting. I'm sure it's something to look forward to, you know. Yeah. Maybe get a little sunshine along the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, what do you think the perfect age is? Oh, my goodness. Isn't that just a loaded question? Very much so. Yeah, because um, I think the... Well, I always thought that, you know, I wish I could go back to high school with this attitude and the knowledge <laughs> I have now and actually go back to a, several of the decisions I made in my life and have maybe, maybe, you know, even though I know I was supposed to end up here, maybe just been a little bit smarter on a few <laughs> of the things, clean up a few of the messes that I made. <laughs> so funny. Um, but, um, you know, I feel really good now. Yeah. Really good now. And, um, but I guess, you know, age is just a number. So it's, it's, it's really in your head. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I think it's the perfect one for me is where whatever one I'm at where right you're now. Because I, I think, you know, in a lifetime, I've been pretty blessed and not really had any huge, huge hiccups along the way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Now, Callie mm -hmm. actually um, hates her birthday because she wants to be a little one all yes. her life. Stay young forever. And just stay home and be with her mama. <laughs> um, but she also knows that uh, growing up is not an option. <sighs> not growing up. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If I you that. have to grow up, I think. You have to grow up. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so the everybody's got a different attitude on it. The birthday comes whether you want it to or not. <laughs> and it's the best alternative. Yes, this is true. <laughs> this is true. She just needs to spend more time um, taking on your philosophy of birthday celebration. Oh, maybe she'll embrace bestesses. it a little bit more. I love the birthday parties. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, let's just go right into our verse of the week. Okay. And what we have today is 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. And this is basically 
regarding suffering for righteousness sake. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Mm-hmm. Tell me why you landed on this one. I just, I just liked it. Just liked it. It, it has not, not a lot to do with our topic. Sometimes <laughs> that's how I pick them. Yes. But I just was thinking, you know, in this world, the other day, it was just, just seemed there was so much chaos going on around yes. me. Yes. I had been on Facebook and seen a catastrophe that was going on with um, somebody. And then a group of people was just having anger. You know, the, the comments, the everything, the news was on. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, we just got to really humble ourselves mm-hmm. and be kind to each other and put our our feet into their shoes and try to understand where this is going because really truly all of the chaos and all of the the crap that's going on right now is the devil (laughs) he's out there just trying to stir the pot so we are mad at each other all the time and so it, it just like it said you know um have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love. I love that brotherly I know, love I thing. I was thinking, that's yeah, us. that's, uh, that's, that's what our... we do. Um, a tender heart and a humble mind. Yeah, I just was thinking we all needed a reminder of that. Yeah, if we could all put those things into practice a little bit more, yeah. my, what a better world it would be. And True. I actually, it's a great segue into my um, good news story. It's very short and sweet, but honestly, I landed on it for the ending quote. Ah. And um, I'll go ahead and read through it, read it through to you guys. And then hopefully you'll agree with me that the quote at the end is like, this is what it's all about. (laughs) So basically it says a police officer wins an award for an act of kindness after buying groceries for a vulnerable woman. A police officer from Denver, Colorado, um, has won an award for an act of kindness after she bought groceries for a vulnerable woman. It was a regular day when Officer Melissa Martin responded to a noise complaint at an apartment complex. However, after turning up to the apartment, Martin discovered a woman in need. Recently out of an abusive relationship in a new apartment, the woman suffered from substance abuse substance abuse and mental health issues and she had not eaten for four to five days Mm. martin opened up her refrigerator to find no food the woman was older than her making her question what would happen to her parents in a similar situation she took it upon herself to fill the woman's fridge with a week's worth of groceries using her own money to pay for them she said i really i try really hard not to judge just try to help them in the situation that they find themselves in and this is the quote that got me. If the world would just treat people like they would like to be treated, how much of a difference might that make? No, that goes with our Bible verse. Always. Yay. I know. I know. It's, it's like, it just comes together. Nice. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, I, I, read the, lady. I read through it and then I read that and I was like, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So what'd you bring us? Well, this one is uh, a little more cynical. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, five nice little stories. Once all villagers decided to pray for rain, on the day of prayer, all the people gathered, but only one boy came with an umbrella. Oh. That's faith. Mm-hmm. So when you throw a baby in the air, she laughs because she knows you will catch her. That's trust. Every day we go to bed without any assurance of being alive the next morning, but we still set the alarm to wake us. That's hope. We plan big things for tomorrow in spite of zero knowledge of the future or having any certainty of uncertainties. That's confident. We see the world suffering. We know there is a possibility of same or similar things happening to us, but we still get married. (laughs) That's overconfidence. (laughs) You didn't think that's where it was going, did you? I did not (laughs) think that was where it was going. I was like, oh, it's so fun. And I've I've heard similar tales like that. Yeah, well, you got me at the yeah, end. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> Overconfidence. 
<laughs> nice. I like it. Well, if you have um, stories or verses, anything you'd like to share with us, please email those to the caregiven podcast at gmail.com. We love to be able to sort through and have some things to pick from. Today, Julie, we are going to be talking about um, kidney kidney disease, mm-hmm. basically. Dialysis, the things that go along with it, what mm-hmm. to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is going to be a great topic. I, it's a big one. I always learn when we do this. And mm-hmm. um, even, I basically, I think you go through the research process, which I'll be honest, you do the majority of. <laughs> and, and then we start putting it together. But then when we actually sit down at the podcast and go through it, mm-hmm. I'm always, it's like I have a time to think through what I've read and then really yeah, lock it in and process it. So thank you for always coming up with good topics and things to There's discuss. There's a lot of about. topics. I always think, oh my gosh, how long will this podcast last? <laughs> but there's still topics. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so much, so much of the time it's really, it's based on something that's going on around us. You know, you told me a topic this morning <laughs> based on a family situation yeah. that you have. Yeah. And, I was like, yeah. oh, we got to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, because a lot of these things, um, like kidney disease and dialysis, this isn't necessarily just for the elderly, right. but this is just a, a thing that, um, boy, you never know when it it's hits people or who it's going to, you know, so it's, it's good to be aware and have a general knowledge about it. Yeah. And then if you're dealing with this, you really got to get in there and really figure stuff out. Um, you know, my dad was having issues with his kidneys, um, closer to the end. And, um, my mother, um, knew so much yes. about how much sodium he could have or this <laughs> and that, but they did not want him to go on dialysis. Yes. And so what was she doing? Man, she was just watching his sure, trying food, to make- everything he was drinking. She was on it. And that was just that self-education of, yeah. of it in her, in her world. That was her helping dad. Absolutely. And he was really healthy in spite of everything that he had going against him because of what the time and effort she showed him in her love for him to take care of him. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, it, it is said that more than one in seven adults in the U.S. will show evidence of chronic kidney disease. Um, some forms of kidney disease are progressive, meaning that the disease gets worse over time. When your kidneys can no longer remove the waste from your blood, they fail. Waste buildup in your body can cause serious problems and lead to death. Mm. To remedy this, um, your blood would have to be filtered artificially through dialysis or you would need a kidney transplant. So. Mm. Once, so you do the stuff that you can at home, like Cheryl did for Dan, but mm-hmm. it, it's such time that it reaches a point yeah. that your body can't do it on its own. Then you don't then have you an have, option. You don't have an option and it, you just And actually, to, yeah. we have a former caregiver that's actually just <clears throat> this week gone to Spokane mm-hmm. and where there's a bigger medical facility for, um, to be tested for the transplant program. Yes. And so, you know, she's really going through a lot, um, in terms of just, just going through it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, I have, uh, somebody that my husband's known for years and years and years, you know, he's just in his early sixties and, and he's going through dialysis right now. So you just never know. We, and we do have patients Mm -hmm. that we take care of that have, some of them have, you know, a couple times a week, some of them not as frequently, Yeah, but yeah. So basically, um, the kidneys perform vital functions and that is essentially removing waste products from your blood and producing hormones that help to regulate your blood pressure. So maintaining an active, healthy lifestyle, of course, can help prevent kidney problems. Um, the kidneys are the fist size organs that are located at the bottom of your rib cage on both sides of your spine, and they do perform several functions. So most importantly, 
They're going to filter out the waste products, excess water, other impurities in your blood. And then these waste products are stored in your bladder, later expelled through urine, right? In addition, your kidneys also help to regulate pH, salt, potassium levels in your body. They also produce hormones that regulate blood pressure and control the production of red blood cells. So turns out they're pretty important. They are. <clears throat> they are also responsible for activating a form of vitamin D that helps your body absorb calcium from building uh, for building bones and actually regulating muscle function. Mm. So it, it's super important to maintain that kidney health for your overall health and general well-being and keeping your kidneys healthy. Your body will filter and expel waste properly and then produce those hormones that your body has to have to function properly. So yeah, <clears throat> all of those things that you were talking about, um, the pH, the salt, the potassium. Boy, if your potassium levels are screwed it really it, tanks you. Oh yeah, it can yeah. do big, big, cause so, big, big problems. Big problems. So they do say that one in three American adults is at risk for kidney disease. That's um, a lot. Yeah, thirty-seven million American adults have kidney disease. Most of them don't know it, mm. and a hundred thousand people are likely, or a hundred thousand people are on the kidney transplant list. So that's a lot of peeps. Mm. <clears throat> wow. So talk to me about chronic kidney disease. Chronic kidney disease. Um, this includes the conditions that damage your kidneys and decrease their ability to keep you healthy by filtering the waste from your blood. <clears throat> if kidney disease worsens, waste can build up to high levels in your blood and make you feel sick. You may develop complications like the high blood pressure, <laughs> the anemia, which is low blood count. Weak bones, poor nutritional health, nerve damage. Uh, kidney disease can increase your risk of having heart and blood vessel disease. These problems may happen <coughs> slowly over a long time. Early detection and treatment can often keep chronic kidney disease from getting worse. When kidney disease progresses, it may eventually lead to kidney failure, which requires the dialysis or a kidney transplant <coughs> to maintain life. And so the problem is... Like you were saying, 37 million people have mm -hmm. a kidney disease, but they don't know it because of these other things. Everything I just read are... Right. You might think you might not know that one is causing the other. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <clears throat> All of those. So that's where it really, really causes a problem. Yeah. Um, so basically, like we said early detection is very best. Mm -hmm. And the main, main causes of chronic kidney disease, uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, or hypertension, they are responsible for two thirds of the chronic kidney disease cases. Oh. Um, diabetes occurs when your blood sugar remains too high. Over time, unmanaged blood sugar can cause damage to many organs in your body, including the kidneys and the heart and blood vessels, nerves, and even your eyes. High blood pressure, this occurs when your blood pressure um, against the walls of your blood vessels increases. And if it's uncontrolled or poorly controlled, high blood pressure can, um, can be a leading cause of heart attack strokes, chronic kidney disease, and also chronic kidney disease can cause high blood pressure. So it's like what comes first, the chicken, chicken or the or egg. The egg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. So other conditions that can affect the kidneys... Um, Basically, there, there's a group of diseases that cause inflammation and can damage the kidney's filtering units. They're just disorders that are about the third most common type. I don't know how to pronounce it. Do you? Glom Glomular nephritis. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um, inherited diseases, so polycystic kidney or PKD, this is a commonly inherited disease that causes large cysts to form in the kidneys and damage the surrounding tissues. Mm. Um, 
kidney and urinary tract abnormalities before birth. So sometimes malformations that occur as a baby will um, develop in your mother's womb. For example, a narrowing may occur that prevents the normal outflow of urine and causes urine to flow back up into the kidney. This might cause infections and damage the kidneys. So apparently it can happen before you're even out in the world. Oh, wowzer. <laughs> yeah. Autoimmune diseases. When the body's defense system or the immune system turns against the body, it's, that's an autoimmune. And like lupus nephritis is one such autoimmune disease that can result in inflammation, swelling or scarring of the small blood vessels that filter wastes in your kidneys. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, a lot of the information we got today was from the National Kidney Foundation yes, website. Yes. Um, and on there, and we'll actually put this in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, they kept talking about a GFR. And I was like, what the heck is a GFR? <laughs> so it is a glomular filtration rate. Okay. And that's kind of that first one that you were talking about. Okay. Where the glomular, glomular, <laughs> um, actually um, become in, uh, inflamed. In, inflamed. <laughs> now, now I make it all the words. You know what up. we should do? We all should just have a. Um, have a, a, you know, we told jokes to see about laughing. We mm -hmm. should just have a pronouncing these medical terms. Yeah. And just hit the buzzer. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's a, it's a, uh, they made a really nice poster. And so we'll just put that there yeah. and that will explain in depth more about, about uh, the different tests and how they do that testing for that. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Other causes, um, obstructions caused by kidney stones or tumors can cause kidney damage. And then like enlarged prostate glands and men repeated urinary infections can also cause kidney damage. So oh. it can come in a lot of different ways. You, you know, speaking of what you're talking about one time, I, my mother, I don't remember this, um, but mother got a kidney infection because mm -hmm. she, evidently she'd had a bladder infection that just would she didn't like think about it or something and it traveled up higher into right. her kidneys. And, and I just remember them saying dad literally had to carry her into the hospital yeah. because she was just so in such pain. Wow. Yeah. It, well, and I've never had kidney stones. I also don't ever want to have them because I've, I've heard stories. Oh, I've heard with guys, kidney stones are similar to having a child for a female. <laughs> when they have to pass them because yeah. there's, there's no so way out but somebody, out, right? you just say, oh. Kidney stones for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Poor buddy. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, well, talk to me about risk factors of chronic kidney disease. Okay, so anyone can get chronic kidney disease at any age. Oh, that's... that's something to look forward to terrifying <laughs> um however some people are more likely um and those are the things that you talked about with the diabetes the high blood pressure a family history mm -hmm. of kidney fa failure um people that are getting older and then also there's a, a population group with the higher rates of diabetes and high blood pressures african americans hispanic americans asian pacific islanders and american indians hmm. uh, more than 37 million american adults are living with it and don't know it um and those physical sides, we've already talked about this a little bit, is just that they're, they're fighting one thing and they don't know that actually what's causing all of it right. is, is something different. Right. Um, so basically what we're going to do is we're going to talk about signs of kidney disease. Yes. Now, just because you have these signs doesn't automatically don't panic. mean that you have kidney disease, but also... Yes. If you've been wondering, like you're just not feeling the greatest, it, maybe it's something to look into. Yeah. Um, so basically, if you're more tired, you have less energy, have trouble concentrating, a severe decrease in kidney function can lead to a buildup of toxins and impurities in the blood. This can cause people to feel tired, weak, and can make it hard to concentrate. Another complication of kidney disease is anemia, which can cause weakness and fatigue. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Okay. You're having trouble sleeping. Mm -hmm. Um, When the kidneys aren't filtering properly, toxins stay in the blood rather than leaving the body through the urine. This can make it difficult to sleep. Mm. Um, There's also a link between obesity and chronic kidney disease and sleep apnea is more common in those with chronic kidney disease compared with the general population. Interesting. Mm. Dry and itchy skin. Turns out it could be kidney disease, not just this winter weather. (laughs) I get a little ashy during the winter. <laughs> um, healthy kidneys do many important jobs. They remove wastes and extra fluid from your body. They help make red blood cells, help um, keep your bones strong, and work to maintain the right amount of minerals in your blood. Dry and itchy skin can be a sign of the mineral and bone disease that often accompanies advanced kidney disease when the kidneys are no longer able to keep the right balance of minerals and nutrients in the blood. Wow. Kidneys are very important. Do not take them for granted. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, You feel the need to urinate more often. If you feel the need to urinate more often, especially at night, this can be a sign of kidney disease. When the kidneys filters are damaged, it can cause the increase in the urge to urinate. Sometimes this is is also a sign of a urinary infection or enlarged prostate in men. Sure. Um, If you see blood in your urine... Healthy kidneys typically keep the blood cells in the body when filtering waste from the blood to create urine, but when the kidneys' filters have been damaged, these blood cells can start to leak out into the urine. So in addition to signaling um, kidney disease, blood in the urine can indicate or be indicative of tumors, kidney stones, or other infections. So nothing to mess around with. Definitely get it checked out if you're noticing that. Oh, for sure. So this next one, actually, (laughs) I'm laughing because it's, it's way more specific because the rest of these are so general sure yeah because you're like oh yeah i'm i had to get up and pee in the middle of the night or whatever (laughs) and it ticks you off but um this one is just like your urine is foamy huh interesting i never thought about it excessive bubbles in the urine especially those that require you to flush several times before they go away indicate protein in the urine Huh. Wow. Yeah. This foam may look like the foam you see when scrambling eggs. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Never going to scramble <laughs> eggs. <laughs> sorry, people. I'm sorry breakfast if you're eating ruined. breakfast right now. Um, as Alyssa's the common- just vomiting in her mouth a little bit right now. <laughs> as the common protein found in urine albumin is the same protein found in eggs. I did not need to know that. <laughs> I did not ever need to know that. Oh, no. Well, you won't forget this one if you see it. Oh, you gosh. will never not know this. Okay. Sorry, people. <laughs> um, you're experiencing persistent puffiness around your eyes. I'm thinking about yesterday. Some people are bougie. Some people are not. <laughs> I am not. I tried to do uh, fake lashes. My eyes still have not recovered. They're probably very puffy. Puffy. Okay, anyway. Experiencing puffiness around your eyes, and it leads us back to protein in the urine is an early stage of the kidneys filters that have been damaged, allowing protein to leak into the urine. This puffiness around your eyes can be due to the fact that your kidneys are leaking a large amount of protein in the urine rather than keeping it in the body. So what does it do when accumulating around your eyes? Because it says persistent puffiness. Oh my gosh. Not just I had a hard night puffiness. (laughs) I had a a glue incident. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Ankles and feet are swollen. Yep. Decreased kidney function can lead to um, sodium retention, causing swelling in your feet and ankles, swelling in the lower extremities, can also be a sign of heart disease, liver disease, and chronic leg vein problems. So might not just be your kidneys, might be a whole bunch of other things and or. Oh my gosh. We're all just a ticking time bomb, I'm afraid. Yeah, unfortunately. Mm. And the more you know, the more you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Do not Wikipedia this. Yes. (laughs) I actually was, who the heck was I listening to the other day? I think it was a comic and he was like, 
just don't do it. Just don't get on WebMD. Yeah, he said, ever. because one day I had this thing, so I Googled it, and it said there was 5,000 matches of things that he could have. Oh, boy. But then when he did it with this other thing, it came down to one very specific. So oh. it freaked him out. He would have rather had the 5,000 possibilities the, versus the, the one, because that was, like, more real. <laughs> I've always heard also um, with WebMD, the other thing you do not want to Google is the side effects of your medication. Oh. Now, I'm just saying this <laughs> because sometimes, well, I don't know if you remember, well, I'm sure you remember Nurse Robin that worked here mm -hmm. years and years ago. Mm -hmm. She used to always say, like, never look at it because you'll never take another medication in your whole <laughs> entire life. That's why they have pharmacists, and that's why your doctors talk to you about <laughs> potential side effects. But oh, she said, don't Lord. look it up. Don't oh, look it up. Oh, yeah, it's a lot of psychological. Oh, boy, yeah. Yeah, so this is one I know I don't have kidney disease because <laughs> it says uh, you have a poor appetite. Oh, um, this is a very general symptom, but a buildup of toxins resulting from reduced kidney function can be one of the causes. Interesting. Well, I also do not have a poor appetite. It's my appetite is not poor. It's rich. Very, very rich. Um, muscles are cramping. Mm. Electrolyte imbalances can result from impaired kidney function. For example, low calcium levels and poorly controlled phosphorus may contribute to muscle cramping. Right. Yeah. Right. So basically, if you have a lot of these things going on, you might just want to talk to your doctor about yeah, it. Yeah. Go to the specialist on yeah. this, that they know these things. Yeah. yeah. So basically we've talked about what it is, symptoms, signs. Um, and then I think it's important to talk about when dialysis is needed, yeah. right? Yeah. So you need dialysis when you develop end stage kidney failure, failure, usually by the time you lose about 85 to 90% of your kidney function and you have that GFR of a uh, less than 15, which is what you had talked about. We'll yeah, put that, that specialized uh, GFR test, test yeah. information in there. So huh. it's cool because you talking about your mom taking care of your dad and she was able to manage him at home with other accommodations, I guess, mm -hmm. so that he didn't Crappy ever food. <laughs> yeah. Not the fun. <laughs> no stuff. salt. No salt. <laughs> yeah. Probably not, not fatty and yeah. The fun no, stuff. all the things we love. Yes. 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 But anyway, she was able to keep him off of dialysis. She did such an amazing job. For sure. Absolutely. So what does dialysis do? So when your kidneys fail, dialysis keeps your body in balance by essentially removing the waste, the salt, and extra water to prevent them from building up in your body, um, keeping a safe level of certain chemicals in your blood, such as potassium, sodium, and, and bicarbonate, and then also helping to control blood pressure. Yeah. 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 Um, is kidney failure permanent because mm. that's a scary deal it is yeah um usually but not always some kinds of acute kidney failure also known as acute renal failure uh, get better after treatment in some cases of acute kidney failure dialysis may only be needed for a short time and the kidneys get better mm. so that's a great thing mm -hmm. I, that was one of my bigger questions yeah um, in chronic or in stage kidney failure your kidneys do not get better and you will need dialysis for the rest of your life if your doctor says you are a candidate you may choose to be placed on a waiting list for a new kidney mm-hmm Okay, so let's talk about wh where dialysis is done. Mm -hmm. So dialysis can be done in the hospital, in a dialysis unit that is not part of a hospital, and even at home. Uh, you and your doctor will talk and talk about it and decide which place is best based on your medical condition and what your wishes are. Yeah. We do actually have an article on can anyone uh, do dialysis at home, and we'll just mm -hmm. put that in the show notes as yep. well. Um, and basically, when I read that article, it kind of summed it up. It said, can you... 
cognitively and physically do it. Can, can you handle it? Can you handle it? Can yep. you understand the machine? Can you document correctly? Can you hook, troubleshoot probably all of it? Hook everything up. Yeah. Be motivated to exactly. do it on a time schedule. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So there's different types of the dialysis, mm-hmm. uh, two types, hemodialysis and peritoneal dialysis. Mm. So in hemodialysis, an artificial kidney which is the hemodialyzer, dialyzer, dialyzer, dialyzer. (laughs) Where's my button? Where's my thing? Um, Is used to remove waste and extra chemicals and fluid from your blood. To get your blood into the artificial kidney, the doctor needs to make an access interest into your blood uh, vessels. This is done by uh, minor surgery to your arm or leg. Sometimes an access is made by joining an artery to a vein under your skin to make a bigger... um, blood vessel called a fistula. However, if your blood vessels are not adequate for a fistula, the doctor may place a soft plastic tube to join an artery or vein under your skin. This is called a graft. Occasionally, an access is made by means of a narrow plastic tube called a catheter, which is inserted into a large vein in your neck. This type of access may be temporary, but is sometimes used for long-term treatment. So, you know, basically it's a port. Mm-hmm. It's it, that way you're not getting poked every time you go in. Sure. It just simply, your body couldn't handle it. Yeah. yeah. And how long do hemodialysis treatments last? The time needed for your dialysis depends on how well your kidneys work, how much fluid weight you gain between treatments, and how much waste you have in your body, how big you are, the type of artificial kidney used. <laughs> um, usually each hemodialysis treatment lasts about four hours and is done three times a week. We've taken a lot of people to the dialysis center yeah, three times a week for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, type of... A, um, there is a, a high flux dialysis can take a little bit less time, uh, but that may not be appropriate for what you're going sure. through. So what is um, peritoneal dialysis? How does it work? In this type of dialysis, your blood is cleaned inside of your body. The doctor will do surgery to place a plastic tube called a catheter into your abdomen or in your belly to make an access. Um, during the treatment, your, ab- your abdominal area, which is called the um, peritoneal cavity, is slowly filled with this, um, what is it, dialysate mm-hmm. through the catheter. The blood stays in the arteries and veins that line your peritoneal cavity, and extra fluid and waste products are drawn out of your blood and into that dialysate. Um, there are two major kinds of peritoneal dialysis. I think that maybe you should talk about them, Julie, and the reason that I think that is because it looks like big words, and I like I to hear you try to say them. The re- <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's the continuous ambulatory peritoneal dialysis. Oh, that wasn't so bad. C-A-P-D. Good job. And automated peritoneal dialysis, which is APD. Nice job. I really feel like I need to give you a high five. Good job on that. Yes, thank you. Sometimes mm-hmm. I do even surprise myself. <laughs> <laughs> what do I usually say? What comes out of this mouth? Sometimes it's just a surprise to me as well. Yes, I heard it the very same time that you heard it. <laughs> <laughs> so the continuous ambulatory peritoneal dialysis, now I have said it twice. I'm going to yes. call it CAPD from now on, <laughs> is the only type of peritoneal dialysis dialysis that is done without machines you do this yourself usually four or five times a day at work and or at work uh, home and at work you put a bag of the dialysate about two quarts into your peritoneal cavity through the catheter this is wild what yeah uh the 
dialysate stays there for about four or five hours before it's drained back into the bag and thrown away. I have never worked with anybody that was doing that. Mm -mm. Wow. Um, this is called an exchange. You use a new bag of di dialysate each time you do an exchange. While the di dialysate is in your peritoneal cavity, you go about your usual activities at work, at school, or at it's home. It's just like sloshing around, doing its work. Doing its work That's while awesome. you're working. That's <clears> great. The automated... Uh, Per peritoneal dialysis usually is done at home using a special machine called this cyclic cyclic cycler cycler <laughs> why did i make that one hard i've just now got this brain thing going on um it's similar to the other except that the the number of exchanges occur uh they usually last at one and a half hours and they're even done through the night while you sleep Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So we that I'm aware of have never done uh -uh. worked with anybody that was doing like a home dialysis. I've never heard of that. <clears throat> no. Um, so will dialysis help cure the kidney disease? Not necessarily. Right. Dialysis does some of the work of the healthy kidneys, but it does not cure the kidney disease. Um, you will need to have dialysis, treat, dialysis treatments for your whole life unless you're able to get a kidney transplant. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Um, they say that, um, dialysis can be uncomfortable because mm. uh, you'll have some discomfort when the needles are put into your fistula or graft, but most patients have no other problems sure. with it. The dialysis treatment itself is painless. However, some patients may have a drop in their blood pressure. Um, if this happens, you can feel sick to your stomach, uh, vomit, or have a headache or cramps. Uh, with frequent treatments, those problems usually go away. I would think so. Just like anything else, you, your body... You Kind It'd of. be like me. If I started giving blood regularly, I might throw up the first time, but then it would get better each time <laughs> after that. Um, so how long has dialysis been available? Well, the hemodialysis and the peritoneal dialysis have been done since actually the mid-1940s. Mm. Dialysis as a regular treatment was begun in 1960 and is now a, a standard treatment really all around the world mm. um the capd began in 1976 and thousands of patients have been helped by those treatments so isn't that something yeah it, we've we every time we have a podcast we just talk about the miracle of medicine yeah it's it's, it's incredible to me i don't know incredible <laughs> um how long can you live on dialysis if your kidneys have failed you will have to have dialysis treatments for your whole life unless you'll be able to get a kidney transplant life expectancy on dialysis can vary depending um, depending on your other medical conditions and how well you follow your treatment plan. Mm -hmm. So once again, you've got to You've got to yeah. walk the walk. Average life expectancy on dialysis is five to 10 years. However, many people have lived well on dialysis for 20 to even 30 years. Wow. It just becomes part of their routine. Yep. Um, <coughs> then you just have to talk to your doctor to kind of look at what sure. you've got going forward. Yep. How you stay healthy. Mm -hmm. um, I this We had talked about this actually before the podcast. Is dialysis <laughs> expensive? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh. Dialysis costs a lot of money. Um, basically, it, it sounds like the federal government pays 80% of all the dialysis costs for most patients. Private health insurance or state Medicaid programs can also help with the cost. So I'm wondering about this on the federal government paying if that it would, would that be through Medicare or is that just standard for anyone? Oh I don't know. I assume Medicare. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was kind of thinking yeah. too. But um, And the information that we got is from the National Kidney Foundation, okay. their website. Sure. And with this talk about cost there was actually a link that you could go to oh, okay. for kind of a calculator sure on it okay so there's way more information on that website yes. if you want to get into the nitty-gritty the very blunt answer though is yes, yes. and that's what's a <laughs> yes period goodness okay do dialysis patients feel normal uh, many 
Patients live normal lives except for the time needed for treatments. Uh, it usually makes them feel better because it helps many of the problems caused by kidney failure. Um, so, yeah. And the other thing is, is um, you're normal except for the time you have to stop sure. three times a week to have this done. Right. I would imagine that basically filtering all out all the bad stuff, you would feel, feel a lot good. better afterwards, <sighs> I would think. Yeah. yeah. Um. Do di- this is another one. Do dialysis patients have to control their diets? Yes, yes period. period. <laughs> <laughs> you may be on a special diet. You may not be able to eat everything that you like, and you may need to limit how much you drink. Your diet may vary according to the type of dialysis. Mm. So um, basically, mm-hmm. you're going to work that out with your healthcare professional. Yep, <clears throat> yep. yep. Um, can dialysis patients travel? And this is back to a normal life. Right. And it actually, yes, period. <laughs> nice. uh, dialysis um, centers are located in every part of the United States and in many foreign countries. Mm-hmm. The treatment is standardi- standardized, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Not everything is. And so to have that be a standard thing is, is a beautiful thing. Yeah. You may make an appointment for a dialysis treatment at another center before you go. And just make arrangements. Yeah, that's amazing. Isn't that awesome? I, I love that, that it's not limiting people necessarily. Oh, yeah. And then basically it talks about do um, dialysis patients continue to work. Many dialysis patients can go back to work after they have gotten used to it. Um, if your job has a lot of physical labor, heavy lifting, digging, those types of things, you might need to consider doing a different type of job. Right. But um, basically it's not hopeless. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's yeah. still life. Yeah, absolutely. There's still life with dialysis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so some of the things that you can do to help keep your kidneys healthy. And Keeping active and fit. Yes, here we go. <laughs> Regular exercise. Good for more than just your waistline, they say. Um, it can lower the risk of chronic kidney disease. It can also reduce your blood pressure, um, boost your heart health, which those are both very important to preventing kidney damage. Um, you don't have to run marathons or eat the... To, to reap the reward of the exercise, right? So walking, running, cycling, even dancing. Ah. Grandma Jean is a line dancing fool. Um, <laughs> they're great for your health. So find an activity that keeps you busy and that you can have fun with because it's going to be either easier to stick to it and you're going to have better results. Right, right. Manage yeah. your blood sugar. <laughs> uh, people with diabetes or a condition that causes high blood pressure may develop kidney damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so when your body cells don't use the glucose, which is sugar, right. in your blood, your kidneys are forced to work extra hard to filter your blood. Uh, and over years of exertion, this can lead to life-threatening damage. Mm-hmm. So managing your blood sugar, you reduce the risk of the damage. Um, also, if the damage is caught early, you can take steps to reduce or prevent the additional, additional yeah. problems. Monitoring blood pressure. So we all know high blood pressure can cause kidney damage. If high blood pressure occurs with other health issues like diabetes, heart disease, high cholesterol, the impact on your body can be significant. So a healthy blood pressure reading is 120 over 80. Um, Prehypertension is between that point and uh, 139 over 89. So lifestyle and dietary changes may help to lower blood pressure at this point. If your blood pressure readings are consistently above like 140 over 90, you might have high blood pressure. So Mm. you should be talking to your doctor about it and monitoring it um, regularly and making some changes in your lifestyle. Possibly you might have to take some medication, but there are lots of tools out there to be able to help like monitor your own blood pressure, right? And figure that stuff out or go to the pharmacy and sit down and put your arm in the cuff, right? Yep. So if it's a question or an issue, a thought that you're having, there are ways to be able to do that without just having to go to your doctor's office. Yeah, it's a lot easier nowadays. Yeah. Monitor your weight and eat a balanced diet. 
here we go again. Ugh. I'm pretty sure they won't say broccoli. Though. Oh, no. Probably uh, the pizza that I ordered for lunch today <laughs> isn't going to fall on that. Uh, people who are overweight or have obesity are at risk for a number of health conditions that might damage the kidneys. This includes diabetes, heart disease, and kidney disease. Uh, the balanced diet that's low in sodium, processed meats, and other kidney-damaged foods will help reduce the risk of kidney damage. Focus on eating fresh ingredients that are naturally low in sodium. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm about, Do you know how to pronounce that word? You know, that one is, I still don't go looking for it, but <laughs> cauliflower, uh, blueberries, fish, whole grains, and more. <laughs> uh, drink plenty of fluids. There is no magic behind the cliche advice to drink eight glasses of water a day, but it is a good goal precisely because it encourages you to stay hydrated. Mm -hmm. So regular consistent water intake is healthy for your kidneys. Water helps to clear out sodium and toxins from your kidneys and it also lowers your risk of chronic kidney disease. So aim for at least one and a half to two liters a day. Exactly how much water you need is going to depend largely on your health and lifestyle. Factors like climate, exercise, gender, overall health, and whether you're pregnant or breastfeeding are important to consider when you're thinking about that daily water intake. Um, people who have previously had kidney stones should drink a little bit more water to help prevent stone deposits in the future. Yeah. I'm, I'm <clears> just envisioning a liter. A liter is like a pop liter. Yep. So it says one and a half to two of those a right. day. N not very many people drink that much. Right. That's a lot of work. It's a hard job drinking that much water. I know. But, you know, we got that fancy ice making machine that makes the tiny little cubies. Yeah. And I'm drinking a lot more water here at the office. you like the ice? I do like the ice a lot. Oh, there you go. Whatever it takes. And I like to drink it through a straw. <laughs> Because I'm a child. <laughs> That's a pretty color straw. <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know. Whatever you have to trick yourself, whatever. Whatever works. Make, yeah. Yeah. I just forget how much. I try to keep track and I just forget. I don't know what it is about me, but I drink water at, when I go to bed and all throughout the night I will wake up and have to drink. I have two of these cups by my bed every night. <laughs> It's wild. I also make a lot of trips to the bathroom, but that's oh. self-induced. And I just don't understand why I crave that water while I'm sleeping so much. <laughs> strange. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody don't. ever said I wasn't. Strange. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we won't argue. Right. <laughs> uh, don't smoke. Smoking damages your body's blood vessels. This leads to slower blood flow through your body into your kidneys. Um, <clears> and <throat> it also puts you at increased risk for cancer uh, if you smoke and stop smoking, your risk will drop. It's amazing how the body can actually really yeah. help itself. It's like, it, oh, you're making better decisions now? I can work with that. Yeah, yeah. It'll take a lot of years to get back sure. to that. But um, smoking is a really bad thing. Apparently, that's what they say. Yep. Um, you you want to be aware of the amount of over-the-counter pills that you're taking. And guilty. <laughs> um, if you regularly take over-the-counter pain medication, you may be causing kidney damage. So the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs or NSAIDs, things like ibuprofen, naproxen, can be damaging to your kidneys if you take them regularly for chronic pain, headaches, arthritis. Um, basically, I know, according to the National Kidney Foundation, these medications should not be taken for more than 10 days for pain or more than three days for a fever. Mm. Regularly taking more than eight aspirin tablets each day may reduce your kidney function temporarily or permanently. People with no kidney is issues who take the medicine occasionally are pretty, I mean, pretty likely in the clear, but... If you use these medications daily, you could be risking your kidney's health. So talk with your doctor about, I'm going to have to go make an appointment with my doctor because I take aspirin every day. Not eight pills though, just two. <laughs> well, so yeah. There's it's, an it's aspirin a, a day rule also though. Yeah. Isn't it an aspirin a day? No, it's an That's apple. That's an apple a day. 
<laughs> nice try. What's the aspirin for heart? Like to thin your blood for heart attacks. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a baby aspirin. Those little eighty-one milligram oh, things. Oh, so not the two the chewable megas ones. that I take every morning. <laughs> To get nice out try. Of bed. Yes. But I'm sure it's an aspirin a day. Yes. <laughs> you know. Keeps a doctor away. <laughs> ah, lordy. Um, but it's that fine line. You're taking yeah. this for this, but is it hurting that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lordy. How do you know? Um, have your kidney function tested if you're at high risk. Uh, people that are over six years old, they were born at a low birth weight, um, cardiovascular disease or a family with it. Um, no one. Um, history of high blood pressure, you or your family, uh, people that have obesity, uh, and those that believe that they have the damage, get the, get the test. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Those are some things to know about, uh, kidney disease and dialysis. Boy, that's a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot. lot I always do. We'll have it all on our show notes. So if you want to go check our work, you can do that. Do it. (laughs) Yes. Check our pronunciation. Oh, don't do that. All right, well, wind us down. Give us a grandma saying, what'd you bring to the table today? one of the quotes that I have heard, and I've always loved it because I do love (laughs) this, but um, it's like, what were you born in a barn? (laughs) And that's usually when you go through the door and you don't shut the door. (laughs) And they're like, what are you doing? You weren't born in a barn. Close the darn door. Right. Well, basically, that's so funny about it is I looked it up, and um, so... Engaging, um, when it comes up, it says engaging in a behavior of inappropriate um, and usually often negligible, leaving an exterior door or window open. (laughs) Consider it ill-mannered. Boy, they got mad about that. Boy, they did. We love barns. I know. I was like, was I born in a barn? No, I was not. Would I have liked to have been born in a barn? Absolutely. Oh, listen to this. I mean, they're just uh, being not, they're not very nice about this. <laughs> Often used in a ret- rhetorical mm-hmm. question directed towards a person who leaves a door open or who displays rudeness, ignorance, and stupidity. <laughs> Were you born in a barn? Oh, how rude. How rude. <laughs> yes. Well, now we know so, what it means, though. And then also, um, a cinnamon is raised by wolves. A cinnamon was raised by wolves. Cinnamon. Not cinnamon. The cinnamon? Hot tamale cinnamon. <laughs> Synonyms. Is that what it is? Yes. Is it cinnamon or cinnamon? I don't, who knows? Anywho, <laughs> peace out, Girl Scouts. <laughs> we'll debate this <laughs> later. <laughs> right, have a good day.